in the KRMG Evening News. Right now, I just want to have a little chat with my dad on the radio. Let's do it. Okay, good idea. I, I found I'm, I was sixth on your list, right? That's right. Yeah, the no first one else five responded. Said, ah. yeah. <laughs> it's National Disc Jockey Day. Now, I know you don't like that phrase. No, I don't. But uh, you've been in radio for a long time, and I thought, who better to just chat about radio than with you? Why not? I thought we would tell some of the stories that I know that maybe listeners who know you from your K95 days or listen to you here on KRMG may not know, like how you got into radio. And it's a lot different than how I got into radio. What was it for you? I had two different, what I call seminal events. My mom was an avid radio listener. And I was when I was a little kid because my brother, your late uncle Carl, uh, some years older than I am, listening to Elvis and Chuck Berry and all those people on the radio. So I, I hooked on with that stuff. My mom once called a radio station and won a contest. She won $3 in cash. That was the, that was the That's prize. That's the prize, huh? After school one day, she and I got on the bus, took the bus to Wilmington, Delaware, where the station was, and picked up the prize. While she's doing all the paperwork for the prize, one of the nighttime DJ came out and shook my hand. He said, hi, good to meet you. Dave Eldridge. I remember him. He said, what are you here for? He said, well, my mom won a prize, and she's getting, well, you want to see the, see the radio station while you wait? Yeah, okay, that sounded good. I walked into the room, and that was it. A DJ was sitting there with lights flashing, turntables turning, playing vinyl records, all kinds of meters moving. I said, this looks like fun. Not how a bad old, idea. How old were you there? I was about 11, I think, at that time. Okay. And then three years later, I was 14, and I, school had ended that year, and I realized I got to get a job. I'm going to get a job at a radio station at the age of 14. <laughs> so I hopped the bus, went to Wilmington, stopped at three different stations. And the third station I stopped at, I told the receptionist what I wanted. And she said, wait a minute, I'll get the program director. So this guy comes out and chats with me. He said, let's make an audition tape. I'm thinking, wow, I have a shot here. <laughs> so he put me in a studio, gave me a piece of copy to read. And I read it. And we went back to his office, and he said, okay, I think one day you'll be able to do this, but your voice has to grow up first. Okay. <laughs> and you have to lose that South Jersey dialect. How to get rid of my accent. Really? So, what am I drinking here? Back in Jersey, it's water. Like with a D. Yeah. And you drive a core, that kind of stuff. And so I got rid of that in college. And I love the story of how you would ultimately end up in Tulsa and the, the opportunity you thought you missed. Yeah. How did that go? I know, let's back up. You go to school in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. You work in uh, West Virginia for a little bit. Right. And you, you went for that big one in Tennessee. Yeah, I thought I was... I got a call from a guy I knew who said he was positive he could get me a job in Memphis, a midday personality on a country station in Memphis. And I sent my tape to the boss there, and he called me a week later. He said, hey, I really like the way you work, but I'm not going to hire you. I said, what? If you like me, why? He said, no, no, no. I have a midday job. You are a morning person. You're a morning personality, not a midday personality, which means there's a lot more entertainment in the morning and middays. Basically, so he, he didn't want to give you a job you were overqualified for. He said, I would be bored in about two months, and his morning show was locked in because they were great. He said, but if anybody needs somebody, I will forward them your tape, and we'll see what happens. About two weeks later, somebody did, and it was a guy who had just moved to Tulsa to put K95 on. Yeah. I got everything but a morning show. Can you help me? Yeah, I want to send you a tape from this guy in West Virginia, and that's how it all came about. You come here, it's 1981. I'm not even a, a blip on the radar yet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come along for a few more years, no. but 
uh, July 4th, 1981. Right. K95 goes on the air and is still going strong. Yeah, it's, it's been a good, good run. We, we had a lot of fun over the years. My first day was a terrifying experience. We signed off the station at midnight that night to change all the audio processing and equipment around to flip the country. Yeah, it used to be like a, a light rock station. It was a, what we call a chicken rock station. Okay. With an, nobody over 18 cared for it, right? <laughs> so I go in there at 6 in the morning. I hit a couple of buttons, fire up a brand new radio station, and the phones explode. Kids all mad they lost their rock station. That early? I was get, Yeah, I was getting the business from these kids. And I said, I moved five people a thousand miles away from anybody for this? Said, oh, no. <laughs> well, an hour and a half later, the adults woke up. Then the phones exploded. It's about time somebody did this. Yeah, great. And they liked it. So I said, okay, maybe I can hang around here a year or two before they fire me. <laughs> and then around, I want to say 1997, 1998-ish, that was the time that I remember you taking me to the K95 studio. And yeah. I had that same moment really where i saw the board yeah i saw i can't remember the guy's name on the air but we talked to the dj and it just it just hit in fact you took a picture of me that night right that i think you can actually see it sinking in that this is for me you were wearing glasses at the time yep i think i still have that picture somewhere garth brooks hat it's going to be on the (laughs) krmg website someday to blackmail you maybe oh i've posted it it's out there yeah it's out there so that was the moment for me but i would ultimately end up here in news and I think it's gone pretty well. I mean, I'm in my hometown. You're doing very, very well. Trust me. I know. I'm the voice of experience. You know what the heck you're doing, sir. Well, I just think I'm really blessed to be doing this in my hometown at a station I grew up listening to. Sure. And I've gotten to meet and work with heroes. I mean, it's just amazing. How rare is that for someone in radio to be in their hometown and, you know, doing all right? I can name a few of them. But there aren't all that many. So it's a nomadic business. You end up working in two or three or four or five or six cities during a career. I was lucky it was only three for me. Been one for you. Yep. Hope your luck holds out that way because moving's a bear. Trust me. How do you think what, what I do here every day differs from what you did all those years in the morning? And I know, obviously, news and music, but the radio craft, how does that differ? Uh, you have to be right all the time. <laughs> and I never had to be. Some people say I'm not. Oh, well, I could I could say stupid stuff and get away with it. If you make a stupid comment, it's going to... hear about it. Yeah, the, the fan's going to be turned on, shall we say. Right. Well, thanks for coming to hang out today. I know it's... Uh, we'll just rename it. It's National Disc Jockey Day, but <laughs> let's call it Radio National Guy Radio Day. Personality Day. There we go. That sounds much better. It's all in believing what you really are. Bob Cooper on the KRMG Evening News.